0: Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, I'm going to be reading from 2 Samuel chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. And it happened after this that the king of the people of Ammon died. And Hanan, his son, reigned in his place. Then David said, I will show kindness to Hanan, the son of Nahash, as his father showed kindness to me. So David sent by the hand of his servants to comfort him concerning his father. And David's servants came into the land of the people of Ammon. And the princes of the people of Ammon said to Hanan, their Lord, Do you think that David really honors your father because he has sent comforters to you? Has David not rather sent his servants to you to search the city to spy it out and to overthrow it Therefore Hanan took David's servants shaved off half of their beards cut off their garments in the middle at their buttocks And sent them away (laughs) When they told David he sent to meet them because the men were greatly ashamed And the king said to them, wait at Jericho until your beards have grown, then return. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea. And I'm hoping that you're taking notes. Grab something to write with your phone, an offering envelope. Grab something to write with. I want to speak to you from this idea. Remove the boot. Remove the boot. Come on, let's pray. Dear king, I love you. And I thank you for this opportunity that we have to come before your presence, Lord. I pray that today's words, Lord God, would not just fall on deaf ears, Lord, but I pray, Father, that you would be here present, engaged, that we would be able to walk out of here with a certain sense of understanding, Lord. Father, I pray that you would uncover the plan of the enemy, that you would show us exactly his tactics, Lord God, that you would show us the devices that he uses, Lord, to entangle us, and Father, I pray, Lord, that we would find freedom in this place pray that your spirit would be here Lord and that we would be able to walk out of some traps that the enemy has set up for us Father Lord we love you and we thank you it's in your beautiful name that we pray Lord God amen and amen come on would you take about five minutes and make some noise for Jesus oh come on you could do a little better than that make some noise for Jesus I've been, I've been telling y'all for a long time now, if you've been part of the church, and man, shout out to all my friends who are watching online. I love you. We miss you guys terribly. Um, we're hoping that as this kind of vaccine season kind of makes its way and you can get healthy and make your way back to church, we love you so much. And we thank you. Um, where you are, you are loved right there. And don't feel pressured to have to come back. We exci- we're we excited that you're with us today. And we can't wait to see you in person. I, I miss you. I want to hug your neck. like I get to hug people and say hello to people here, but we miss you guys online. Hey, can y'all make some noise for all of our friends who are watching online? Come on. (laughs) Romel, what's up, baby? I see you in the building. What's going on? Thank you for coming and hanging out with us. Uh, I've I've been coming to Georgia now for some years now. And I, I, I've been coming, we've been driving, and, you know, we come through Georgia, but we actually stayed here a lot, and we used to come because there was a bunch of different events that were happening in Atlanta, and we were doing music, and I, I love Atlanta. Atlanta was one of those places that, like, I used to love coming here, and I'm from Miami, like, we can eat anything you want, but Atlanta had, like, that, I call it fat people food. I got just like it. Like I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I got all my muscles used to be in different places. Now they're in one spot, so it's easy to maintain. And I assimilate, I identify. Um, I hope I didn't offend you. This message is for you, but. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny is that I used to always come here and there was a space it was in downtown Atlanta I don't know if we ever went there to Gladys Knight chicken and waffles I don't know if you guys remember that in downtown Atlanta I mean red this was like this isn't like LA food this isn't Tommy's or Johnny's there's none of that but it's I mean it's good and they would serve these chickens it's like a mini Roscoe's it was like the east coast Roscoe's so they would serve these chickens they had like steroids like they were on drugs chicken drums were about this big you know the chicken was probably like this big it was like like had a deep voice and then and then these waffles they were probably the size of a car tire like a little 13 like it was just yo but they were so good bro i mean so good me and my wife were driving through the night and i think this was the michael jackson trip was this the michael jackson trip i think it was the michael jackson trip we're driving through the night and as we're coming into the city it's about three in the morning and my wife, she doesn't do good with car rides, yo. Like, yo, listen to me. Man, my wife does not do good with car rides. She doesn't like them. She gets car sick and, and she gets, she gets angry. <laughs> so me, I pull up to Atlanta. She halfway sleep. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm gonna do it and I'm not even gonna tell her nothing. And I, I'm, like, I'm like, and then she wakes up and she's like, where are we going? We're not on the highway. We're not there yet. And I'm like, and what's funny is that we would literally, the way the sovereignty of God, bro, we would literally stay right here around the corner in a friend's house, Jay, Jay Soto, I love you. We would stay at his house right around the corner. We're in downtown Atlanta. She sees me pull off the highway. She's like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, I just want, I want to get some food. She's like, what are you, what food? I'm like, I'm glad it's not chicken the waffle. <laughs> Yo, you would think I cussed her out, bro. <laughs> We're not doing that. Babe, I want to bed. I want to sleep. She just start going off. I'm like, babe, I want to eat. I'm a grown man. I can do what I want to do. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm alive, so you can tell I ain't say that. But I was like, babe, please, you know, like, man, I'm hungry, you know, all of this stuff. She's going back, babe, I don't want to, I don't want to. And I'm like, babe, please, like, I want to. Finally, she just like, you could tell that she's just mad, and she just literally shuts down and just looks out the window. So I said, well, I'm gonna get me some chicken and waffle. <laughs> Mad if you wanna. <laughs> Pull off. I, I I get to the chicken and waffle park. We, you know, we park the car and you know, she reluctantly gets out the car, because downtown Atlanta at three o'clock in the morning, you probably don't wanna sleep in the car. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> She, she gets with me, and she's, like, super mad. And then we had to wait, like, yo, probably, like, 30 minutes, Levante. Like, 30 minutes we had to wait at 3 in the morning, bro, which doesn't even make sense, right? So we're standing out there. She's already super sketch everything around you, people asking you for a dollar. Like, yo, when I was a kid, they used to ask you for, like, a quarter. Now they're ask you for $5. You, you got $5 you can give me? I'm like, yo, bro, hold on, man. Like, yo, it went completely. <laughs> so, like, you got all this going on, activity. She's tired. We finally get in there, and we sit. Yo, can I tell you that it was the most awkward, like, dinner. I don't even know. Do you call that dinner at three in the morning? It was the most awkward early breakfast that we've ever had in our life. Yo, she was so mad at me. She wouldn't talk to me the whole time. I mean, just, she just sat there and I'm eating my food. I'm enjoying them. (laughs) I'm like, I'm having fun. I don't even think you ate that day. I don't, I don't remember if she ate that day. It was, it was super, super bad. I feel though, I feel like we're in that season where, and obviously this is a totally different situation because I kind of manipulated my way into it. But I feel like we're not seasoned as far as a nation is concerned, but I think as a world, where well, yo, the smallest thing will upset and offend people at the drop of a dime. We are living in this space right now where people are so offended that you got brothers and sisters who are staying away from each other, don't even have a conversation, not only because of the way that they voted the things that they did or failed to say concerning human rights. But I believe that we are in this space right now where, yo, you, if you write something on Facebook, I argue with people every day, but I do it in my brain. I don't do it on, I don't, I don't write it. I write it and then I erase it. And then I'll go and I'll text Ray and I'll be like, yo, Ray, this is happening. And then, you know, I, because I fight with everybody in my head. I fight with everybody. If you're online and you post on Facebook, I probably fought with you two or three times. But I love you. I just put a heart, <laughs> put a little heart on there. But yo, I feel like we're living in a season where everybody's offended. Like everything, and hopefully, my desire is that this message would actually give you some practical tools to not only know if you're offended, but I hope that you would actually receive the tools to be able to get out of this offended season. The, the word offended, it, offense, it, it comes from this word scandalon And the word scandalon is where we get the word scandal. But do you know that that word scandalon it, it's also the word that we use a whole lot. It, it's triggered. You know the word triggered? Like when people trigger you and they get you like like in a zone? That word actually means to be ensnared or be in a trap. So this little black marker that I have here, this is what the word offense or scandalon or triggered mean it's actually this this is what offense is for some of y'all y'all i'm gonna try to turn this thing so y'all can see it this little look at the little tour this this little thing right here that's the trigger And that's offense. And what happens is that for some of us, because of the way somebody reacts to us, because of the way that our boss doesn't recognize the work that we did, because of the way that our spouse treated us, because of what he said or what she said, all of a sudden we're triggered and we're finding ourselves trapped in offense. We're finding ourselves in a space right now where us as human beings, we're living offended. As you look at the story of David, you can see that at one point or another, when the Bible says it is impossible for offenses not to come. It's impossible. All of us at one point or another, we've been offended. We're offended right now because I'm wearing like a flowery shirt and you thought that I should wear a jacket and like shoes. I'm wearing like Reeboks and he has gangster box on. He should have Chelsea's like we're offended. Now. And, and and I'm probably going to say something at the end of the service or maybe when you get in the car and you want to go to IHOP, but your wife's like, I want to go to Steak and Shake and you're going to be like, you always want it your way and you get offended and we live trapped in a fence and hopefully, my my desire is that you would actually see it and make a decision with what I have for you today. David, the Bible says he sends out a delegation. So the king of Ammon has died right now, and Hanan, his son, is reigning in his place. And David says, "Yo, I'm gonna send out a delegation with flowers and gifts just to say, hey, we love you. We're there for you. We want to comfort you." And what happens is that the princesses, at this moment, they probably were thinking we should have been king, but that's a totally different message. They say. Him, yo, do you think that David's really coming over here to comfort you? Yo, he's literally coming to be able to spy out the land to take the land from you. And at that moment, he gets upset. The Bible says that he grabs them and that he does some stuff to them. David's intention was to be able to comfort him, but yet he got offended because other people started talking to him. It's pretty crazy. You ever offend somebody and you wouldn't even try? Like, babe, I didn't say you look fat. I asked you if those were new pants. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't say that. Or like, you say something and they take it the completely wrong way. And like, yo, like you, you just live in this bubble where you can't even say nothing. I wrote on Facebook, we should love people. I got destroyed. (laughs) Hold up, bro. (laughs) What do you mean? We're supposed to. But what happens is that we offend people unintentionally. David sends this delegation into the city, and then the Bible says the effects of what happened to them, I think we carry. I, I think if we really examine our life, and hopefully if you really contrast your life to the scripture, you'll actually see that we carry these things. The Bible says that he sends them into the land, and they, they grab them, and they're like, yo, hold on. And The Bible says that they shave off half of their beard. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 27, it talks about or forbidding for anyone to have a piece of their beard or to have any type of blade touch their face as a matter of fact we're talking about 2000 and something well obviously 4000 3000 years later we probably today can walk around and see jewish men individuals with long beards because it was illegal it was wrong for them to shave it why because it talked about their principality it talked about their strength their integrity it talked about their rank their beard was actually their identity like they actually would walk around with these beards and if you shaved them and if you took it off it actually marked it as shame yo it's crazy because for some of us when when we are offended by somebody it changes our identity like we're funny and we're laughing we're joking hi it's always and then somebody offends you and you just hey how you doing Mm -hmm. i think husbands and wives we know what that is babe good morning exactly (laughs) babe good morning Like, it it changes your identity. It changes who you are. Like, it changes the way that you act and the way that, that you respond. Like, it actually can change you so much that it can completely transform you, and it can actually turn into hate. John Bevere, he wrote this book called The Bait of Satan, and he's paraphrasing and explaining Matthew chapter 24. Do you know that the Bible says, in the last days, many will be offended, and their offense will turn into betrayal and then will turn into hatred. Betrayal just means a lack of trust, and hatred just means a lack of love. Do you understand that if you look at the, the tapestry of our nation right now or even the world, yo, it feels like if scripture says everyone will be offended, then I feel like before this message is over, we about to hear that da-da-da-da. And we all is the rapture, like we're out of there because of how closely everybody's being offended. And people carry that on a regular basis. Like it changes your identity, it changes who you are. Here's a church, man, we've, we have this mission that we wanna reach and empower all people towards a relationship with Jesus. But the way that we do that, we call it our vision. At the top of the year, we talked about these four different cups and the four reasons why we do it. In Exodus chapter six, verses six through seven, the Bible says that God is talking to Moses and the children of Israel are in deep bondage. And what he's saying is, yo, I'm gonna deliver the children of Israel. I'm gonna take them out of Israel and then I'm gonna free them from Israel, meaning I'm gonna take them out of Israel and then I'm gonna take Israel out of them and then I'm gonna redeem them. I'm gonna put them back into their original place, what they were meant to do, and then I'm gonna fulfill them. I'm gonna put them in a place where they're gonna make a difference. And as a church, we've adopted this. We call it knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose, and making a difference. This idea or this journey that we go on is found in scripture. Like it's the plan that God has for you, like on a regular basis. That's why we have Sunday mornings, we have our G groups, we have our growth track, and then we have our home team where you can serve and actually make a difference. I mean, we modeled the entire church after this because we've seen it work in the lives of not only the children of Israel, we've seen it work in the New Testament. I've seen it work in my own personal life where I've come to Jesus, but then I dealt with the things that were inside of me that nobody knew about. My secrets, the things that I thought, yo, these things should have left me when I got saved. Like it was supposed to be just disappeared. No, no, you got to work through it. But then God put me in a place where now I'm redeemed. I'm back to doing what I was supposed to do. The reason why I was created. And then I started making a difference. This is in my own personal life. But do you know that the children of Israel, listen to what the scripture says. In Genesis chapter 6 verse 9, just a chapter after that. So Moses spoke everything I just said to you. So Moses spoke this to the children of Israel. But they did not heed Moses because of the anguish of spirit and the cruel bondage. Yo, when you live in offense, a, in a when you live trapped in offense, something's different about you. Like You're not the same. And you can get to a place where that thing begins to sink inside of you as it did to the children of Israel, 400 years of bondage. And they were in a space where because of the anguish of spirit, And the bondage in which they were with, they could not even believe that God can rescue them. They couldn't believe that there was a better day. And if you allow for half of your beard to be shaven, you find yourself in a space where your identity is thwarted. Where Satan can strip you of the very hope that you lived in. The joy that you had when you were a teenager, when you were young, before that happened. That thing is the thing that Satan will take from you. And you don't have to live there. The Bible says that David's men, the half of their beard were shaven, and then all of a sudden that their garments, they were, wore, they were wear these robes, and at the buttocks, their garments were taken off. There's a difference between being nude and nakedness. Like when a baby is nude, like the baby's like, it's nude. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it's a cute baby, you know, husbands and wives. I like being nude. Praise the Lord. I love it. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing. Guilt-free sex is the best sex. And then, because you're married. And then, you know, nude. But then, but then there's nakedness like like adam and eve i will show you this adam and eve they walked nude in the garden they didn't have any clothes but when sin entered into the equation there was offense that was made all of a sudden now they realized and they lived in nakedness nakedness will cause you to be ashamed you will be offended and all of a sudden you will recluse yourself and you will find yourself trapped because you're just like the reason why he said that to me is because i'm broken the reason why she did that to me is because i'm a mess up i've been messing up all of my relationships and you allow sometimes for offenses not only to create an identity or to strip you of your identity but it begins to bring shame and nakedness to you when now all of a sudden you're just like yo I don't I don't feel like oh my god like everybody can see everything that I did wrong and you're living in this constant state of offense because you walk in church and the preacher tells you yo, you're sinning stop sinning get right and all of a sudden you're like you see that's a judgmental church or somebody tells you, "You stop sleeping with her." You don't tell me my business this is my truth. I live my life. And all of a sudden now you get offended because of these things and your nakedness is exposed and then you find yourself living in a trap. But you know what's crazy? It's not only that that's meant for you, but it's contagious. Because This is what they wanted to do. They stripped them and they cut off their garments at the buttocks Not only to shame them But they also wanted them to go back to israel and they wanted everybody to be offended and see them So that it can create that feeling inside of them I- I'll show you. Let me give you an example of what I <laughs> Some of y'all are like, I like this church <laughs> Do it do it do it do it do it, do it. <laughs> Because that feeling is what he wanted to bring. Can I tell you, that's the reason why you don't talk to your uncle anymore because of what he did to your mom and that's the reason why you don't have a conversation with him anymore because of what they did to her it's contagious family gets destroyed can i tell you that there's a root of bitterness and racism can even be found in the dna of that because all of a sudden because of what one skin color did now they offended you now you associate that to everybody and everybody who's around you i like people of that color but all of a sudden i'm around you and then they start changing the way that they are yeah i don't like them either because it becomes contagious it starts to affect the actual fabric and the dna of people all around you they wanted them to offend everybody in the city it's incredible chino okay so so here's what i want to know what do i do if i feel like i'm offended like yo a lot of those categories like i checked it off because that's how i feel When I have a conversation with somebody, I'll easily recluse. I'll get away from people. My identity is thwarted. I don't even like people no more. Like all of these things, like I find myself that there's certain things that I don't like that I do, but because of who I'm associated with, it's contagious. But not only that, but I think I've been contagious to other people, and now they have hate in their hearts because of something that I taught them. Like, yo, Chino, what do I do? I want to show you a couple of things that I think will be really really careful that if if you carefully follow these things I truly believe that you can be set free from being inside of this trap and you can find yourself actually uncovered and free The Bible says that when they did these things that all of a sudden number one I want you to write this down David saw them from afar away because he heard about what had happened and David actually went and met them on the road number one You need a David You need somebody in your life that you can actually be real with. For so long, man, and we talked about this. I promise you, we talked about it at the beginning of the year in our essential series. But for so long, we carry these sins in our heart. And yeah, for some of us who are married, we have a conversation with our wife or we have a conversation with our husband, but then we leave it there. But yo, if I'm honest with you, listen to me. Don't get offended by this. Remove the boot. Don't get offended. But yo, there are some things that like, yo, you just, obviously, man, you need to be transparent and honest with your wife, like for sure. And with your husband. But there are some things that like, yo, you don't have to tell her. You should have a man in your life who is the same as you that you can have a conversation with and be real about things. Yo, I'm struggling in this area. And here's something my wife knows, but I'm not telling her every single thing because I I need you to be in my life to help me 84% of Christians will never do that 84% of Christians will die with secrets in their heart with secret sins and will never take a step outside of their own sin because they're so scared to let people know yo I, I'm struggling with pornography or I'm struggling with just the thoughts in my head and fantasies in my head or I've actually taken a step and I've done this before like yo I think that you should have conversations with your spouse and if you are single yo you gotta have somebody in your life that you can talk to But I also think that as a married man, I have people in my life that I talk to and that I tell them, hey, here's where I'm at. And here's some of the things that I've been dealing with. I haven't taken any steps, but I'm processing with and I need you to pray with me and I need you to walk with me through the season. And I feel like for some of us and a lot of us, whether we're watching online or we're here, we hide these things and we don't even talk about those things. Before you know it, that stuff starts eating away at you. You got to have a David. You got to have somebody that you can have a conversation with and be real with and be open. Not only do you have to have a David, but how beautiful it is that when David saw them, he said, number two, I want you to see this. When he sees them coming, he says, stop. Don't take that with you. You need a David that tells you don't take that with you to the next season. Don't take that with you to the next relationship. Don't take that with you to the next job. Stop for a second. And he says, I want you to turn to Jericho. Now, last week, I mean, Nunzi preached the pain off the walls. I told you I almost got saved. If they would have played Spanish music, I would have totally got saved. Like, I mean, just it was just an amazing message. And she talked about this idea of Jericho's walls falling down and how we set up walls. And that walls are not just these walls that we set up, but it's a mindset that doesn't align with God. And how we set these things up in the way that we act, the way that we worship. Even in church, we set up these walls. These walls came down. As a matter of fact, in the physical, these walls actually came down. David Years after that, David says, turn into Jericho. The word Jericho, if you research it or if you look, the word Jericho in the Hebrew actually means a sweet-smelling fragrance. That word is actually translated the Lord's sweet breath. Isn't that crazy? Like, wait, do me a favor. Smile my breath. (sighs) G, smile my breath, G. It's hard for you to smell the breath of the Lord at a distance, and now, and now. but it's in the closeness. Yeah. The Lord's sweet breath, it's, it's being close to God. Yo, When you're in this space, man, where you feel offended, where you feel like, yo, I, I like, I'm, I'm allowing these things in my heart. It's, it's actually created and changed the way that I operate. It's changed my DNA. It's affected me so much that even the little things make me angry now. You, you ever had a paper cut or if you ever had a cut, like you, you slice your finger by accident and like it, when it's sliced or it's like open and you're kind of bleeding a little bit, like I can come over there and I can tap it. Like I can touch it and you're just like, oh, it has blood. Like don't at the moment, it's just like, oh, it doesn't hurt. You know, it hurts, but whatever. And then a week later, if you don't treat that thing, it begins to get sore. And then after a little while, it actually starts getting infected. And if you don't treat it and you allow for it to continue to fester, it actually begins to eat away at your cells and your skin and inside. And now the one thing that I can probably touch when it first happened, if I even breathe on it like this, if I just breathe on it, you're like, ah, like it hurts so much because you've allowed for it to get infected. That means, hey, Chino, good morning. No, it's not a good morning. It's, it's it's hot one day. I wear a jacket in the morning because it's 40 degrees. And then I have to take the jacket off because I'm hot. Because by 12 o'clock, it's 70 degrees. And then by 3 o'clock, I'm like dying. I want to go to the pool because it's 84 degrees. And then by the time of nighttime, I got to tell my wife to turn on the heater because it's 30 degrees. It's not a good morning. Georgia has bipolar weather. Amen. <laughs> bro, hold on, bro. Like My guy, I said, how are you? Do good morning. Like but you allowed that that wound to fester so much. And it's become so infected and so corrupted that now even the smallest things will trigger you. The Bible says, he says, turn to Jericho, turn to the Lord's sweet breath. How how do you turn to Jericho? I think it's these moments. I think it's finding yourself in the house of God. A couple weeks ago, I preached this message from Psalms 27 verse four. Go back and listen if you haven't. And it talks about David saying, one thing I desire To be in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Yo, church is not, this isn't Chino's church. This isn't amazing worship, great preaching, incredible kids. Like, oh my friend, like yo, this is God's house. Y'all want to gaze upon your beauty, Lord. Everything that is desirable, you have, everything that I need is found in you, Jesus. I want to inquire. I want to turn the ground upside down and I want to dig and I want, to, I want seeds to be planted in my life that are going to grow. I want to turn it into Jericho. This is where the word of God exposes areas in your life where you say, yo, I think I'm dealing with that right there. And where you're able to take a step and have individuals in your life that can come. This is what Jericho is all about. The Lord's sweet breath is here. It's in church. It's in the midst of worship where you lift your hands up and God can begin to examine your heart. But He doesn't examine your heart only. That's where we think we stay. We feel like God is this man with a big white beard and He's judging you. He examines everything and He sees everything. He sees it, but He wants to heal it. He actually wants to come into your life and He wants to heal those broken areas. So when you come here, it's not just about exposing your sin, it's not about exposing how bad you are. Yo, news flash, don't let these tight pants fool you. I'm a mess too. I ain't got it figured out. I'm on the same journey that you're on. But I know how to turn. In the Lord's sweet breath, I know how to spend time with him. I want you to understand that this isn't just in God's house. But this is actually spending time with God. That you have these moments and this rhythm in your life where you don't get up in the morning and the first thing you do is turn to your iPad or to your iPhone and check Facebook and check Instagram, Snapchat or TikTok. I'm hoping that the first thing you would turn to is God, that before you have a conversation with anybody, your eyes might not even be open. That little snooze time, Father, I love you. Lord, thank you. You're going to fall asleep the first time. You might fall asleep the first week, (laughs) but if you turn it into a rhythm, if you turn it into a rhythm, you'll start watching that you stay longer and longer and longer. And then find some time during the week. For some of us, yo, like for some of us uh, in the mornings, it's our best time to get before the Lord and spend some time with him. For some of us, it's in the evening. Yo, don't allow for Netflix, Hulu, Disney. Don't allow for those things to take the place of turning to the Lord's sweet breath, especially if you're dealing with wounds that you know they got to be healed. But spend some time with God. Turn some things off and turn back to him turn to Jericho spend some time with him I promise you as you get in the rhythm of that you'll start watching that you're going to start living in a healthier and healthier life but you 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 gotta turn into Jericho you gotta spend time with God me and my wife we are sitting there and we're not even talking to each other I mean it was it was bad she didn't want to say nothing to me I didn't want to say nothing to her I was like I got my gladest night chicken and waffles and she was like, I want to bed. I hate you. <laughs> she said it in her heart. She said it in her mind. But I felt it. i telling you, it's, it's contagious. I was like, I don't like you either. And yo, we get out of the place, and I'm happy. I'm full now. I'm a happy man when I have food in my belly. You know what? Let's close this service right now. Father, just, listen, I didn't go eat. <laughs> we get out of the car. I mean, we get out of the restaurant, and I'm like, I, I feel better. I think I said something to you. I might have said hi. Did you enjoy that? Something. And we start walking. And, yo, as we walk, <laughs> she's walking behind me. And she says, babe. And I said, what? I'm looking. They put a boot on my car. <laughs> I parked in the wrong spot. <laughs> so I got a boot on my car. And I'm stuck. She's behind me. And I'm like, I ain't even going to notice her. Like, I'm not even going to look at her. I'm not going to say anything. Because, you know, she about to, I told you, you should have came here. And, then, know, oh, she's Cuban, Puerto Rican. So, she got all that in her. Like, I was like, yo, Lydia's the calmest person, which is scary. When she gets mad, it gets really scary. We call her 26 cents. Google it. Yo, <laughs> I'm like, yo, it's pretty crazy. I, I'm, I'm walking up to the car and I'm like, dang, that's a boot. The Hialeah in me said, I'm going to take that junk off. I said, I'm going to take that junk off. How do I do this? How do I take the lock off? And I'm like, dang. And then I see, and they put like a little card on the car. And when I look at the card, I'm like, oh, it says for you to remove the boot, you got to call this number. And I'm like, yo, that's a come up. First of all, I don't even know why I'm in ministry. Like I need to be putting boots on people's car. Like this is easy money. So I remember that I got on the phone and I called. And yo, I mean... Mike I can't even make this up dog I'm like I'm on the phone and I'm looking I'm like looking into the dark because I don't want to look at my wife and this whole time I don't even think I said anything to you I'm like talking to the guy and and when I look all of a sudden like two two high high beams turn on he was like in the corner of the parking lot he's like yeah I see you I'm like bro thank you sir appreciate you he comes over here you know It's the Cuban in me. I'm trying to argue like, yo, it's this side of the line. Like, I don't understand. The guy doesn't even talk to me. Did he even say, I don't think he even said anything. He literally just goes in there. I I pay the money. He swipes it. He literally takes a key. Yo, it's the craziest thing. He literally takes a key. Like, babe, we gotta get into this business. I'm gonna put boots on all y'all cars. He (laughs) He puts the key in, he snatches the key and literally he just takes it off. He goes into the back of the car. He throws it, he gets back in his car and he just pulls back into the side. He's waiting for the next person to come so that he can give him a ticket. But the holy spirit reminded me of something and showed me something even while i was preparing this message this is where a lot of us live at a lot of us are so trapped in offenses and we're so trapped in unforgiveness and we're so trapped in these moments that we allowed people to trigger us and to, there's so much shame in our life we feel like we're naked like i mean everything we live with half of our beards taken off like i mean we just live in this space and you're one phone call away from freedom Like it was a phone call for somebody that was close. I could see that person They came and in a second they were able to put a key in and all of a sudden I was able to find freedom I feel like that's God in your life Remove the boot man Stop living in this state of offense Where everybody offends you because they don't think the way that you think they don't vote the way that you vote They don't believe the way that you believe yo don't stop living in this place of offense. It's changing who you are in The fabric your DNA how joyful you were people are ruining that and they're taking it away But I believe that God wants to redeem you. He wants to bring you back. He wants to restore you He has the key to be able to snatch the boot off of your life, but you gotta make a phone call You gotta make a phone call for some of us. We've already done that In a sense that we've already drank from the first cup We've accepted Jesus into our own life and we've asked him to become the person the Lord and Savior of our life And we know what that's like, we got salvation. We know how to akuna Matata, we know how to pray, we know how to do all of these things, we know the songs and we know how to sing and raise our hands, but we still live in this state of offense. And my hope and my desire is today that you would turn to Jericho, that you would turn to the Lord's sweet breath, that you would actually give him a call so that he can snatch the boot off of your life. And for some of us, we are so bound that it feels like the boot is on all four of the car tires. Feels like we can't move forward we're like stuck it's like we turn the car on our life and we try to move forward we try to get out of pornography we try to get out of addiction we try to get out of offense we try to get out of forgiveness, out of shame out of guilt but we feel like we're just stuck bro like we just can't get out of this thing Yo, I want to tell you that there's a God that has the master key to be able to set you free from the life that you feel like you're bound with. That you can remove the boot. The Bible says, super simple. Chino, how do I do that? Do I turn to Jericho? What, what do I do? Like, which one of those things that you said? Like, tell me which one. I'll tell you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved. It's as easy as you having a conversation. It's making a call, y'all making the call. Would you do me a favor and would you bow your head and close your eyes all over this place? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church, where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at my